0: welcome to the to read list i'm toby and this is a podcast where i attempt to get through the uh uh-oh
1: 81 (laughs) i thought thought you'd need this (laughs) thank you
0: andrew Welcome to the To Read List. I'm Toby, and this is a podcast where I attempt to get through the 81 unread books on my shelf. With me, as sometimes, is my friend Andrew. Hello. And my other friend, Talia. Hi. Hey, guys. As you may or may not know, uh, Bailey and Dylan are out on parental leave, and we're very excited, if you haven't seen the Instagram, to announce
1: the birth of the To Read List
0: child. (laughs) Woo!
1: (laughs) Yep. Welcome to the world, Maggie Ruth McGran.
2: A.K.A. 2 read list child. Yes, 2 read
1: list <laughs> child. Henceforth known as the 2 read list child.
2: Is this your first niece or nephew?
1: Yes, it is. Yeah, it's just me and Bailey, so um, we are new to the whole uh, having a young child in the family game. Toby, you have some experience with it, though, right? Yeah, I remember my first niece or nephew.
2: <laughs> I just got mine.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. It's
2: exciting.
0: It's very exciting. I have six. Oh. So, <laughs> so it's less. Ex- those
1: children are less exciting to One you, One of Toby. them is,
0: is about to graduate from college, yeah. so... You know. It's an
2: issue of diminishing returns.
0: But, uh, I mean, I'm very excited. None of us have actually met her.
2: No.
0: Um, so the day will come soon. But, yeah, it's it's a bit of a mystery right now. Yeah. Is yeah. She,
2: I mean, the the not mystery is how cute she is she's adorable
0: yeah yeah i was prepared to lie yeah were you andrew were you prepared did you give any thought to this were you prepared to lie because i was like if that baby looks funky i'm ready to like just bald-faced lie about it but she's cute
1: (laughs) yeah i I was planning on saying cute no matter what the result but yes very cute very sweet (laughs) the results are in no (laughs) matter what the outcome (laughs) <laughs> no she's incredibly cute i'm very ready for my quarantine to be over so i can yeah. can meet her so yeah we're very
0: excited for that congratulations dylan and bailey we know you don't listen to the podcast but you know we'll just tell you in person <laughs> um you know talia i i have to say i'm really glad you're here Thank um, you we have a you know it occurred to me there's a decision that we have to make me and andrew or you know i would like to make it but bailey's gone we don't know when she's coming back yeah. so i need you to to weigh in on something for me
2: oh please
0: you know there's some other famous podcasts and they have like names for their fans my favorite murder has murderinos <laughs> mark maron i think he calls his fans what the effers right. yeah there's like you know if there's a fandom the Believers yeah. thing yeah okay. <laughs> that's a throwback. The, what are the clay aiken ones called the uh Clay- Claymates. Clanomaniacs. Nope. Clan- oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Clanomaniacs.
2: What are the options here?
0: So yeah, I've got some pitches and okay. I, I really want you to these are very serious. Okay. So the first one, there's no explanation, it's just Pejos.
2: Yeah. Pejos. I'm gonna withhold my reaction okay. until the end.
0: That's this feels like a reaction in and of itself.
2: Pe- it's a it's a real cute baby.
0: Pejos. Yeah. I think Oh wow, okay. <laughs> um <laughs> We also have, you know, Bailey uh has this uh, obsession with kind of like touching and, and smelling books, so we could call our fans the book sniffers.
2: Oh, I kind of like the book sniffers.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, no, I not to tip my hand on what what I think of Pageos, but book sniffers is <laughs> Who definitely came the up front with runner. Pejos? I mean, Transparency. We. I mean, I may have come up with all
0: these. So you know, <laughs> oh, okay, you okay. remember our cute baby precedent. Okay, all right, cool. There's one. Okay, so you know, it's it's a real bummer if you if you read a book and you um, don't don't finish it. Mm. You know, DNF, do mm. not finish. Yeah. So we have listeners who like to finish books. So we can call them DTFers, down to finishers.
2: Down to finishers. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh-huh. Why don't you? I, I love all of these. You should, Maybe you should ask your
0: the listeners yeah, at large what they right, call themselves. Which of these options would you choose? <laughs> Next option, I like this one: the Jolly Gang of me the after too. the goat after the goat from yeah. uh, remind me, Andrew. Oh yeah, our old friend from the Hunchback from the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yes, Jolly Gang. We also have <laughs> we also have my personal favorite. You know, we are the two read list, and we could be called. I mean, this one's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> I've got listers on my fingers.
1: I like how you've skipped the idea of just calling them listers or to read listers. And you've jumped to, I've got listers on me fingers. At, yeah. What's that? The end of Helter Skelter? Yeah. Is that what that's from? Yeah. It,
0: I mean, it just rolls off the tongue. It sticks in the head. I don't know. Go ahead. Let us let us know if you self-identify with that, listeners. Our last one here. Uh, we do have a, a lot of cat content on our Instagram. We talk a lot about the cats. We just call them the bourgeoisie
1: Ooh. <laughs> could they decide to self-identify as proletariat cat instead? Yeah,
0: I like that. That's more with the times. That's more zeitgeisty. Yeah, proletarian cat. Yeah.
2: cats. Toby, mm-hmm.
1: if if I may, could I just throw in please. one? Yeah. Please, please. Um, what about just readers? Hmm. I know it's not that exciting.
2: In what context are you going to be using these names? Just when you do shout-outs?
1: Yeah. Them. Yeah,
0: I think we're going to, you know, Bailey's not around, so we're going to make some real big swings, so we're just going to, like, start opening the podcast with what's up, I've got listers on my fingers, <laughs> stuff like that, you know?
2: Hey, Pedro
1: <laughs> <laughs> See? You get it. We're really trying to make our mark as quickly as possible. Yes. And this is the way to do and it. And make it irreversible as much as possible. Yeah.
2: I think a nickname or... Any moniker needs to be organic. Mm. Um, not that Pejo's is not like. <laughs> see, Pejo's, it's nasty. sticking in maybe, your maybe, mind. Yeah, this actually, Pejo's I keep you... going back to. Ah. It. Actually, Pejo's is my favorite. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, see, there you go.
0: <laughs> and so, joining us here today, uh, we're very happy to have her from the Hatchery Press over here in. Lovely, Larchmont. <laughs> I'm not ad-libbing this. <laughs> Talia Bolnick, thank you so much for being with us.
2: Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. I'm very excited to discuss Mind of My Mind with you. But before <laughs> okay. any of that, yeah. um, Andrew, you had to read a book this week. What book did you read?
1: I read Trust Exercise by Susan Choi. Trust, trust, trust. Trust, trust, trust. Theater. Yes. Theater. (laughs) As they say. (laughs) So first of all, a bunch of folks might have read this book. It's been very popular with book clubs. It recently won the National Book Award. This isn't me stealing your research, Thunder Toby. It's literally on the cover of the book. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know a lot of folks maybe have read this, and I'm very curious to hear what you think. Because... Let's just say I don't think opinion is going to be uniform on this book. I think it is going to be controversial, and just scrolling through Goodreads and seeing the vast difference in star number seems to bear that out. <laughs> I will confess that I
0: tried to read this book, and I abandoned it.
1: No, no, that's a, I mean, that's a response I would expect. But first of all, before we get to that, let's let's have a little log line. Set in a competitive performing arts high school in an unnamed southern city, Trust Exercise chronicles the connection between Sarah and David, two sophomores whose mutual obsession slowly brings everyone around them into their orbit. While they attempt to navigate their relationship, the story around them shatters, shifting form and narration until we can't be sure as readers who or how to believe. Trust Exercise is a form-bending tale of teenage lust, adult evils, and the indirect and direct cruelties of self-absorption. Oof. Yeah.
2: Heavy. I can feel that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So just to give you a little more context of the plot, um, the book starts in a reasonably straightforward way as a story, kind of like Sally Rooney's Normal People, of a sort of secret high school romance mm-hmm. um, that becomes very sexual very quickly. Yeah. Um, this reminded me
0: a lot of Normal People, honestly, of the large, large amounts of teenage sex. Oh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it, uh, it's <laughs> did, like did, did that
0: sentence throw you off, Andrew. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it
1: did. I wasn't expecting it. I'll admit it. Um, so their relationship comes together. There's there's tension. Um, it falls apart. This is not spoiler territory because literally within the first 17 pages, all of this has happened. Um, mm-hmm. And then a lot of what happens later is sort of the ripple effect coming out of this failed connection, this failed relationship that still has like tendrils trying to blossom but that keep getting choked out and then as i sort of teased in the um in the log line halfway through the book i won't say exactly what happens because i don't want to ruin the experience if you're going to read this but a major shift in the style of the book happens Mm -hmm. Um, a different narrator takes over and a lot of what you have just read is thrown into a stark relief that makes you doubt what you can believe.
2: Was that effective for you, the shift in narration?
1: It was effective in terms of being jarring. And it was effective in terms of being something. Well, because I mean, that is yeah, obviously yeah. part yeah, of the intention. Yeah. And it was effective in terms of being something that like made you re-examine what you'd read and, and question how you would perceive a story. So yeah. I think in terms of that, very effective. And I, this is a struggle that I'm going to sort of get into in the pros and cons of the book. Mm. I struggled with how much I should admire the like, bravery of form and the like style over the substance of this mm. book because i okay. feel a lot of it got caught in being a little too stylish to be effective.
2: Would you say like as a person so sometimes if i'm going to read something or i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to consume a media i i want to use it to calibrate my my like experience of reality, right? So mm. like if i'm having a bad week, i'm going to watch Cartoons mm-hmm. or reality TV, or I'm gonna read like candy, like yeah. things that are maybe not so good for you. Um, and from what I hear from both of you about this book, it's it's really a heavy book. When the turn happens, does that does the mood shift? Like, would I want to hold out for this
1: turn? <laughs> yeah, for this for this turn. <laughs> okay, so that's that's tough to say without giving uh, too much away, okay. but what I will say is the turn throws everything that you've read into tumultuous, chaotic uncertainty. So if what you're looking for now is tumultuous, chaotic uncertainty, then I think it'll be effective and good that way. If you're wanting a little more grounding, this isn't the book that's going to give you anything to grab upon my elves. If you will, Um, the book really doesn't pay heed to your expectations, both in terms of like the form, which we've talked about and like, even grammatical structures, which I really enjoy because what it conveyed to me was that the emotional quality of what was being said outweighed like the importance of being grammatically correct, which Mm. even in sort of experimental books, sometimes authors still feel like they have to, you know, use the commas in the right place or Mm. just as a quick example, and this doesn't even really count as a full quote, but on page 131, there's just a line where She writes For Sarah woke up At six every morning Seven days in a row In a row In a row um, To get that sort of Quality of Repetition And to tell that story Of Mm. Just what it's like To you know Have your uh, routine That ingrained within you To me it was That was one of the Aspects of the book That I found Exciting in the Experimental Experimentation with form And effective Some of the other things I did not find as effective
2: (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear about this Yeah
1: (laughs) And then another thing I liked about how Susan Choi used language was the book isn't really from anyone's perspective in the first section. You end up coming from it primarily from Sarah's perspective, but all people in the room are able to be jumped into by this third-person narrator to tell an aspect of the story. And I thought that that was really well done in the first chunk of the book. By leaving out that I thought it was well done later in the book, you can glean what you can glean. And this is a quote to that effect on page 17. David struggled to jam the box back out of sight. He needed to get it to his locker, destroy it. The indigestible lump that made it in the front of his jeans was a joke. To David, love meant declaration. Wasn't that the whole point? To Sarah, love meant a shared secret. Wasn't that the whole point? Sarah felt David's eyes on her all through the class and kept perfectly still, held them there with her mind. Years later, in a future in which she only enters theaters as part of the audience, Sarah will see a play in which the actor asks... Can't there be a silent language and be surprised when her eyes fill with tears.
2: That's beautiful.
1: The writing is really strong. One last pro I want to throw into the, into the ring is it is, and not to get, this is like a family friendly podcast. So I can't get into like a lot of the events that are happening, but there's a lot of abuse specifically from older men in this book. And it's like a biting critique of the evil parts of the theater world and the world in general, um, where, For example, amongst a lot of other things, men are allowed to do what they want because of their talent. Uh, People are ready to forgive evil deeds because of a reverence to the art of the people who do them and an obsession with like the holiness of craft and process over the feelings of those people who are involved. And I thought it was a really scathing portrayal of that. And coming from, as I do, the, the theater world, like I can say that, that world has a lot of monsters in it, and this book showed those monsters very effectively. Now, to move on to the cons, or the orcs, sorry, to use our parlance. Um, <laughs> After that, well, what a transition. <laughs> After yeah. condemning
0: the predators of the theater world. Now on to our orcs. Speaking of monsters, here's the orcs.
1: <laughs>
2: Ooh, there we go.
1: We found it.
2: <laughs> it took a minute. We
1: got yeah, it. there. We go. <laughs> i just sort of felt this book was trying to do too much with its page count with its form with all of that the the shifts in perspective are perfectly well done but they just didn't add up to a satisfying whole and why i think that is it lacked a backbone Um, Or like a grounding point where you could sort of come back to and understand your story. And it seemed like a bit too quick to assume we'd either gotten the point or too unconcerned with the audience actually understanding what had gone on. And I know a lot of this book is about that subjectivity and it's probably very intentional. But like I finished the book and or specifically I got to the points where there are those major shifts. And I just kind of had to put my hands up and be like, I don't know that I know what I'm supposed to Mm think Mm -hmm. (laughs) or what I'm supposed to even know. Um, And
2: in a confusing way, not a challenging way, right?
1: Yeah. In a, yeah, exactly. Like I'm all for being challenged. And I think there's a version of this book where the same whole structure happens. And then we're just given a little more to grab onto that you can actually sort of throw the whole thing into relief or not even the whole thing. I don't want everything like spelled out for me, but I just, yeah, I fundamentally just didn't understand what was going on. (laughs) Some of the time, yeah, yeah, no, so yeah, that is that is a pretty major work for me. We've sort of talked about it. You gotta kind of make sure you're in the right headspace for this book.
2: Which headspace?
1: A headspace where you can process bad things happening, where mm-hmm. you can you you can for a whole book for a whole book where there's not a lot of like redemptive moments here. And that's not the point. And that's not not saying that should be the point and that every book should contain that grace or that redemption in it, but you're aggressively not given it in this book. Fundamentally, I think the writing is really good. I would actually love to read more work by her because I really like her style. Um, yeah. But something just didn't quite hang together for me about it. To that effect, I'd like to give it three stars because it's worth reading i think folks should read it and have their own opinions about it and so yeah i think it's three stars i boarded on two a couple times and i boarded on four a couple times so that's to me mathematically evidence of a really solid three star book um, <laughs> i'm gonna keep it on my shelf because i would like to maybe read it again in the future you and bailey are
0: so generous about keeping books on yeah, your three shelf stars gone yeah 100%. Yeah. That would be culled. Actually,
2: I wouldn't call it. I just would take it to the hatchery.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. No, I would <laughs> ritualistically sacrifice it. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. All right, perfect. All right, so that's uh, Trust Exercise, Susan Choi, three, three stars. stars.
1: I'd love to hear a little bit about Susan Choi. Great.
0: I have some research. Um, so Susan Choi was born in South Bend, Indiana to a Korean father and a Jewish mother. She and her mother moved to Houston, Texas when she was young. She earned a BA in literature from Yale University and an MFA from Cornell. So, smarty Very pants. Very
2: impressive.
1: Not to completely derail you already, Toby, just one other thing I found frustrating about the book is the city that it takes place in is an unnamed southern city. And it, by the end, it's so clearly Houston um, <laughs> but that I just wish she had said Houston. That's um, funny
0: that you said. That I I was like poking around looking at Goodreads reviews. Several people have mentioned the same thing. They're like, "Why didn't she just call it Houston?" Yeah, she didn't want to make all those Houston heads upset. Pages. Pages. Thank you. you see, you, re- you laugh, but you're repeating it.
2: It's only two syllables. That's you're, the best part about yeah, it. Yeah,
0: pages. Um, so after receiving her graduate degree from Cornell, uh, she worked for the New Yorker as a fact checker. Um, at that job, she met her husband, Pete Wells, who is now the New York Times restaurant critic, and they now live in Brooklyn. And she teaches creative writing at Yale University. I'm going to read you some excerpts from an article on The Guardian by Justine Jordan, featuring some interviews with uh, Choi herself. So this is uh, Justine writing about Choi. Choi's four previous novels were all successes with awards and short listings, but the response to trust exercise has been something else entirely. Quote, and this is Choi herself, I'll walk into a crowded room and have people I'm not connected to in any way walk up to me and start talking about it. I'm gratified and moved and also overwhelmed. A lot of people seem to feel really seen by the book in terms of their own past experiences. Sometimes I'm tempted to say, I'm so sorry. And this is back to Justine. Though it takes its place in the literature of hashtag me the first draft was actually written by the autumn of 2017 when the Harvey Weinstein scandal began to unfold. As a key line in trust exercise has it, quote, we almost never know what we know until after we know it, close quote. And this is Choi speaking. Women have been talking about this since time immemorial, Choi points out. We all learn those lessons that seem part of the normal world, that as a 12 or 14 year old girl, you'd have to instinctively ward off the attention of." predatory people and it was your problem it was your problem if you applied for a job as a young teen and the boss invited you away for the weekend it was your problem if you were assaulted at last society began talking about it openly people went oh wait maybe this is everyone's problem the book was suddenly surprisingly in conversation with all this stuff that was happening in the world
2: it's also it's just like true right? yeah and i guess you know i i talk about watching cartoons and blah blah, blah but the value of a really unflinching look at the horrible aspects of being human is that you are not you know that you're not alone right yeah Um, yeah and i think if she's having people coming up to her and saying how much the experience of reading it made them feel seen and it resonated with them maybe i feel bad for making fun of how bleak it was a little
0: i mean there's both sides to it yeah you know like i i don't think we were necessarily making fun of it i think it's just (laughs) (laughs) i think it's very possible to respect bleak literature and the intensity of this kind of stuff with also being, you know, with also saying, not today. Yeah. You know, don't need that today in my life. And that is just a little bit of Susan Choi and her opinions on the book.
1: She is a wonderful writer and it just maybe was not the right time for you. Yeah. But was it potentially the right time for you to follow up Wild Seed and read Mind of My Mind, Toby, with Talia?
0: Well, I'm so glad you asked, Andrew. Um, Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Um, Transition nailed. (laughs) That's two for two. I'm actually going to let Talia take the lead on this one. I asked her if she wanted to write the log line for this. Um, so And she said yes. So here is the log line for Mind of My Mind by Octavia E. Butler.
2: Mind of My Mind, volume two of the Patternist series by Octavia E. Butler, follows our protagonist, Mary, the strong-willed daughter of a 4,000-year-old being called Doro and a promising product of his breeding program for people with special abilities as she transitions into her full telepathic power in 1970s SoCal.
0: I will say it's impossible for me and Talia to discuss this book without revealing spoilers for Wild Seed. So if you are interested in reading Wild Seed, skip ahead to the game. Skip ahead to the game. Yeah. And for anybody who's just joining us now, Talia actually doubled down, did the awesome thing and read with me Wild Seed. Yeah. Um, so she's read both of them. We read them both back to back.
2: And I'm going to finish the series.
0: So that's actually a question I had for you. Usually, I almost never read. If there's a series, I almost never read them back to back. I never do what we did for Wild Seed and Mind of My Mind. Because I usually get tired. I want, like, variety. You know, I get tired of a story or tired of a style, and I want to change it up.
2: So essentially, each of the four books in the Patternist series, as far as I'm aware, takes place in kind of a different period of time. So Wild Seed is in the past, from Mm -hmm. in like the 1600s to like the early 1900s, maybe. Mind of My Mind takes place in the 1970s, which is pretty contemporary to when it was written, Mm -hmm. like literally contemporary. Mm -hmm. And then Clay Ark is a little bit in the future and then the last one is like so far in the future is a different planet i think that's pretty much how it goes
0: i'm gonna trust you because i do not know okay
2: all (laughs) right well if uh pejos let me know
0: (laughs) i'm so happy it's gonna be a thing now
2: (laughs) um it takes place in the 1970s in southern california and when it starts we meet mary who is three years old at the time and kind of the premise of the series originates with Doro, who's this immortal being who, every time he dies, he can take the body of the person who's closest to him. And so he's immortal in this kind of parasitic, gross killing way um mm-hmm. as opposed to a, like a true immortality like a lobster for instance
0: whoa I know. deep well. lobster knowledge <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll just jump in and say quickly if you haven't listened to our episode on wild seed very very briefly the story of wild seed is the story of anyanwo and doro yeah uh, doro who's this kind of killer parasitic being who lives forever and anyanwo who to me typifies healing yeah. and kind of trying to Yeah, Yeah. just a healer.
2: She derives her power from wanting to take care of people and wanting Mm -hmm. to heal people and being able to heal people. And he derives his power from uh, fear and
1: killing. And can I just jump in and say that the idea that lobsters are immortal is one (laughs) of the things that keeps me up at night. I grew up in Maine and involved in the lobster trade peripherally and that my uncle was a lobsterman still is. And they're terrifying (laughs) creatures. And that they cannot die naturally is awful. Dora is a lobster, by the way. Yeah.
2: No, it's Anyanwu. By the way, when I went to the store to get the book um, from SO one in LA, which I fully recommend, it's an incredible store, and the guy who owns it, I talked to him for a while, and he, she used to come, Octavia Butler used to come, um, so cool. Yeah, it was really, really cool, and he told me kind of like about her kindness and about her strength, and it was really great. Um, but also, I said Anyanwu, and he, he was not about it. He was like, "That's not how you say it." And I was like, "Okay." Um, Okay, so it's a continuation. And it's too different for me. It focuses on Mary, who's a descendant of Doro. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the beginning, you, you go in and she's a child. And she's all of these Doro projects, they're telepathic, or they have some other skill, they can heal, they can change their body, they can do this cool stuff, but it comes at a cost. And I think that one of the things that was so incredible about Octavia Butler's writing, for me was that it felt like a real consequence of so it was a real conclusion to a what if, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you see Doro and you're like, oh yeah, he. this is what would really happen if you lived for that long. You, you lose your humanity. Yeah, yeah. You, you're desensitized to human death. That is actually what would happen and she handled it so carefully. And in mind of my mind, I just didn't get that.
0: Right. Hmm. You didn't get that from Dora or didn't get that from Mary? I just,
2: all of the characters of Mind of My Mind, for me, they just fell a little bit flat. In comparison, all of this is in comparison, which is not fair.
0: So give us a quick star rating, just star rating of Wild Seed. Of Wild Seed.
2: It's a five. Wild Seed, I agreed with your review. It's one of my favorite books I've read in an incredibly long time. And I was so pumped to read Mind of My Mind.
0: Yeah. So it's hard. It's hard to come off of Wild Seed.
2: Yeah, it really is. It, it makes me hopeful for the rest of the series because I think that basically what happened is she just got better at writing.
0: Yeah, so it's worth mentioning that this is one of the er, – this is the second one it's she published. It's the second.
2: she wrote first, yeah. and apparently that one is
0: – Even rougher. Yeah, even rougher. <laughs>
2: there's some polishing to be done. Okay. And then she wrote Mind of My Mind and then Wild Seed and Clay Arc. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's – I mean, I remember reading Wild Seed. This is – I knew this was going to end up being like a meshed – Review of yeah. Wild Seed in yeah. my mind. Wild Seed, I remember reading it and being like, oh my. God, these characters are so deep and so well realized. And, and
2: complicated. And it's like, and how flawed. did she
0: How did she come up with this? And the answer is, she had two practice books yeah. to think about these things. And yeah. it's like, oh, okay. And, and I will agree with you. I, it did feel like mind of my mind. She's still figuring these things out. She's still like toying with the real ramifications of the psychology behind these characters. But I will say, I think Doro is pretty much the same. No. Oh, okay.
2: I don't think Doro's the same. And I can tell you why, because I was both repelled by and attracted to Doro in Wild Seed. Okay. And I was only repelled by Doro and a little bit, almost even bored by him in mind of my mind. He he didn't seem as well-rounded and as... Is-
0: yeah. But I but I I would push back on that because in Wild Seed we're seeing half of the the book through Onyanwo's eyes and yeah. she is attracted to him. Yeah, that's and true. And in Mind of My Mind we see through Mary's eyes. She's
2: also into it. Everyone's She's into, into him
0: but only for the beginning. And I think she turns against him in the end. So, Um, but I agree with you. I mean, I think he's not as well realized, but then again, this book is much more about Mary, the character, I think, than it is about Doro.
2: And I didn't find Mary particularly well realized either.
0: Yeah, she was. So Mary is, Doro is going through this program of breeding and his aim is to produce a companion. In my mind, it's never almost exclusively stated, but he Mm -hmm. wants to create a people or some people, he's tired of watching everyone die, right?
2: Yeah.
0: That's like his tragic villain thing is he's just lonely. Yeah. And Mary is as close as he ever gets, right? It, he, he's, it's very difficult to make these people live together. They, there's some kind of natural law about all these people with special abilities that they don't want to breed with each other, but he kind of forces it. And so Mary is the culmination of everything. And he's kind of playing with fire with her. And so we get to see how that turns out for them. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say we're going to have to do spoilers. Okay. <laughs> and, right. and It's breaking with precedent, but I, I really want to get your opinions on everything because... One of my most disappointing things about this book that I kind of agree with you about yeah. is, spoiler alert, she kills Doro. Yeah. that's I, I, The unkillable. The unkillable. And and part of what made Wild Seed so good is you were waiting for that kind of cheap, easy solution of like, yeah, Anyanwo wins, and she figures it out. Yeah. And it's like, nope. Like, you just have to live with evil in the world, and it yeah. sucks. And sometimes you love people who are evil. and
2: I was even more disappointed with Anyanwo's death. Oh, yeah. Like, that was almost offensive to me.
0: Yeah, that was rough.
2: She's just like, oh, well, Doro's gone? Well, that's it, right? Yeah. After all of this time of setting her up as a person who, the value to her, the, like, incredibleness was that she was his equal. Yep. And she she challenged him and all that Or
0: almost his superior, I felt like, because her power, quote-unquote, wasn't as powerful as his, but she managed to use, like, human qualities rather than superhuman qualities to kind of convince him or mitigate his evilness
2: yeah no i mean i i i on yanwo is maybe my favorite female protagonist of all time
0: i she's definitely up there i I mean i couldn't even name you ones that i can compare her to yeah you know i'm sure someone would be able to point one out to me and i'd be like oh yeah whoops but right now in recent memory i agree with you
2: i was disappointed with mind of my mind and for me it's hard to (laughs) extricate that disappointment from just my general opinion i'm a very emotionally influenced (laughs) that's fair yeah Um, and it was not as good as wild seed it grew on you right yeah it did it didn't really grow on me and i think it was because it got pretty heavy into the sci-fi of it all yeah and like the this is the history of the pattern masters and this is how this psionic ability works just like all the words there's actives and latents and artifacts which are objects that are imbued with like I don't even <laughs> like
0: memories and personal history. Yeah, yeah, so
2: they can they can use them to to orient new pattern patterness.
0: It gets very it gets very world buildy. Yeah.
2: yeah. And exposition heavy, like really exposition heavy, and the ex the the, the plot takes precedence and the world building takes priority. And I was so into the characters. Yeah. Um. I mean
0: I can see, and and as I read it, I guessed maybe that would be your, like, why you disliked it so much. Yeah. So as a person who reads a fair amount of, like, these big bricks, you know, the giant sci-fi books and all that kind of stuff, I don't mind myself a fair amount of world building. It was definitely a big transition from Wild Seed, which is a far more personal, emotional story, but when she was building Wild Seed and when she kind of... Because she does a little bit of world building in there too. You do learn that there are people all over the world and there's rules about how they interact and, you know, there's all this kind of stuff. But this
2: was kind of like, what does it mean to control someone else's mind? But
0: that's what I like. See, I I kind of, I like, it's a conundrum because in science fiction and fantasy, there's all these fantastic ideas, but it's very difficult to drill down into any of them without sounding like you're talking about the X-Men. Nothing like there's anything wrong about the X-Men, but it's like, for me, my comfort level and my like, pleasure in a story is somewhere between Anyanwo, where we basically have no idea how she does any of the stuff she does, and Wolverine, where it's like, his skeleton is made out of exactly this metal, yeah. and blah 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 blah. Yeah. So I thought this book edged more towards Wolverine, which I was fine with. But it was still a long way away from, like, knowing the name of the metal, and how does he exactly regenerate his cells, and that kind of stuff. So I like a little bit more detail, but I can see how it it was definitely different, and I can see how you, you would like it. And it like was it. at
2: the expense of Right? Yeah, it I think at you're the right. Expense- so I have an example. One of the things that's incredibly interesting theme I think throughout the entire series but definitely these two that we've read is like who gets to be human? Who gets to be free? What do those things mean? And in our Current reality and from Octavia E. Butler as a black woman living in America, like her experience of that was through the lens of race, at least partially, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of yeah. who gets what and who gets to be human and who gets to be free and all of that. And so I have two quotes one from Wild Seed <laughs> and one from Mind of My Mind. You
0: were ready to cheat right from the beginning, weren't you?
2: Where the prota- the female protagonists, so Anyanwo in Wild Seed and Mary in Mind of My Mind, mm-hmm. are talking to their significant others, their future husbands who are both white men about race, right? And this is like the, they're both in the getting to know each other phase. So this is a pretty direct parallel. So in the first one from Wild Seed, the context is Doro has taken on Yanwo from her home and they're on a transatlantic slave ship, essentially, that is his own crew to the new America where they're going to settle. And she's never seen white people before. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't have the context for that, but she's gotten it on this ship. And she's talking about how she hates having to wear Dutch clothes. Right? They're really heavy. And so he says, Isaac, her future husband, You'll get used to it. Now you can be a real lady. Anyanwo turned that over in her mind. Real lady? She said, frowning. What was I before? Isaac's face went red. I mean, you look like a New York lady. His embarrassment told her that he had said something wrong, something insulting. She had thought she was misunderstanding his English. Now she realized she had understood all too well. Tell me what I was before, Isaac, she insisted. And tell me the word you used before. Civilization. What is civilization? And and then he goes on with a with a really kind of endearing response about what civilization is. But I felt like that was a delicate, nuanced, subtle handling of that. Right? Okay. Now, in oh, my, Mind of My Mind... getting ready
0: to dunk on Octavia E. Butler.
2: Mary is talking to, in Mind of My Mind her future husband who is a white man. He gave me a forced smile. I'll show you where your room is now. Okay, can I ask you another question? He shrugged. How do you feel about black people? He looked at me, one eyebrow raised. You've seen my cook. Right, so how do you feel about black people? I've known exactly two of them well before now. They were all right. And like, that's pretty much it.
0: Ooh, this is tricky. Okay. Because I, Actually, I remember that conversation yeah. and I liked it because I felt like she's not on Yanwo. She's much yeah. angrier and I think she's less likable because she's more like Doro. Yeah, That's the whole point of the book is yeah. that she, you know, spoilers is that she ends up defeating Doro and essentially becoming Doro. Yeah. She ends up dominating what is what looks like to be the entire world, maybe one day. Yeah, I would say probably that's how the series plays out. And she, you know, the kind of disregard for human life and other other people's totally. feelings is part of her inheritance of Doro.
2: And they set it up. I think it's interesting. They set up her dominance mm-hmm. as outside of her control, as mm. as a facet, like a a conclusion and outcome, almost of, genetic. Yeah, genetic. Yeah um she's an animal right that there's always there's just talk about animals versus humans and that animals are instinct driven and blah 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 and also not valuable and so she's forgiven because she had no choice and it's set up at the beginning like she's gonna she's like a freedom fighter and it's her versus doro Mm
0: -hmm.
2: but really what happens is she just inherits a flawed hierarchical system of oppression and they essentially make zombie humans right yeah slaves yeah mental slaves yeah they control these these they call them mutes
0: yeah i i'm trying to like think about what maybe might be the overarching thing and i think that maybe the overarching thing might be that wild seed is in its bizarre way optimistic yeah and this is and mind of my mind is severely pessimistic yeah would you agree
2: i i i I guess i would agree but it's like a half-hearted pessimism for me Really? Yeah, I don't know. I just it just wasn't impactful. Like she brought all these things up, like and then didn't yeah. knock them down.
0: If I had read Mind of My Mind on it completely on its own, yeah. I would be impressed and enjoy yeah. it quite a lot, which Me I too. still was. Yeah. Uh, and there's uh, because I mentioned that thing where I don't usually read series in a row. Yeah, I think I enjoyed it more because it was different from the first book. Yeah. Like probably more than I would have if I read two, you know, in a book exactly like Wild Seed.
2: The main elf that I have is that it's it's so readable.
0: Yeah. Right. It's very. so
2: readable. The pacing is great. It's fun. There's
0: more action. Yeah. It's got more of a drive to it. Yeah,
2: there's action, like there's stuff going on. I also I kind of enjoyed at one point they introduce uh five or six new characters right in a row with just mm-hmm. like little vignettes into that their That was leg. my
0: favorite part. I was yeah. wondering if you're going to mention that. Yeah,
2: and it was great.
0: So I want to describe that real quick. Basically, its I feel like it's a Stephen King listing almost. You get these like snapshots of people in their lives. Uh, and Octavia Butler is basically describing what it would be like to live your life as a person who could psychically control other people. Mm. And I think those those descriptions of those people are so deft and so fun yeah. and so exciting. And unexpected. Yes. So that was the highlight of the book for me. So I'm glad you put in that as yeah, a Yeah,
2: I a really health. liked that. I also, even though she didn't, handle the kind of like sweeping philosophical ethical issues with the with the care and the nuance and the subtlety and the humanity that she did in Wild Seed they're still there yeah and i find them in, i find them interesting to think about and to read about and she she there's nothing that rings false to me yeah. it's just not deep enough right okay and and then the other thing that i that i love about this book is that that it's not again. Not as much as Wild Seed, but it's based in an understanding of human nature. It's really kind of grounded in how people really work. Mm-hmm. Um, and the secret history element, I really like that. I really yeah. like the idea that like the nineteen seventies happened, but there was all this going on, yeah, and nobody knew. Um, I I did like it.
0: <laughs> so grudging. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Toby, what is, what stars do you give it?
0: I gave it four stars. Yeah, I really. I mean, I. I did make a conscious effort to judge it on its own merits. Yeah. Um, shame, shame I on you. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> so, us yeah. let's, let's hear it. How many stars?
2: I want to give it three and a half stars. No half stars. You I give to- it three stars. Ooh. Yeah. I think maybe if I had more of your ability for compartmentalization, <laughs> I would give it four stars. Because yeah, yeah. it really was a three and a half. But for me, it just, it was a letdown. Yeah, it's very frustrating to yeah. want to give something three and a half stars yeah. and to not be able. To yeah, oh yeah, the half stars we've
0: already <laughs> Andrew has experienced. What we've all experienced. We want that that half star feels very big. But.
2: but I I feel good enough just having said that it was three and a half stars. People See, no,
0: I'm gonna edit that out. No, you See?
2: can't.
0: <laughs> 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 you know what? You'll get it right now because it's gonna be we're doing a joint review. So that's mind of my mind, three and a half stars because we combined. Wonderful. Our, yeah, <laughs> combined our reviews, Andrew. <laughs> um, Andrew, do you have any facts about? Octavia Butler this time?
1: I did find some quotes from her about writing and and just sort of life in general. Most of these came from a website called bookriot.com and an article entitled 46 Righteous Octavia Butler Quotes. (laughs) Yeah, right. I Which I enjoyed because.
2: Bookriot.com.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is exactly. a strong brand.
2: Gnarly. <laughs>
0: 45 super sick facts
1: about TV <laughs> <laughs>
2: Radical.
1: <laughs> I was attracted to science fiction because it was so wide open. I was able to do anything, and there were no walls to hem you in, and there was no human condition that you were stopped from examining. Sick. <laughs> Gnarly. <Right> do <Doing laughs> an ollie. <laughs> this one's simpler, but I like it quite a bit. I began writing about power because I knew I had so little. Yeah. Ooh, that's a dope quote. Yeah. Yeah. Another quick one about sort of writing in general. Writers use everything. We can't help it. Whatever touches us touches our writing.
2: One thing that I thought was really interesting is she always says that her three target audiences are people who like sci-fi, feminists, and black people. So I thought that was kind of cool. That's
0: really cool. Yeah, I,
1: I wish I could give you her biography again, but it felt repetitive.
0: All right, guys. Uh, I'm happy to report that this week I'm responsible for the game So you two will be playing against each other
2: Bring it, Andrew
0: Are you guys ready? No To play Mind Exercise (laughs) Um, This is a very simple game I'm going to read you the name of an exercise Like a physical exercise that you would do in the gym Or at home or something like that And you're going to have to tell me If it's a real exercise Or a fitness term Or if it's something that I just made up
2: I like this game a lot.
0: Very simple. First term here, and I'm going to give you the term and I'm going to give you the definition. So the first one is Bulgarian goat belly swing. This is a complicated kettlebell exercise involving bending at the waist and swinging the weight back and forth.
2: Uh, not a real term.
0: Okay, Andrew, real or false?
1: That's 100% real. Andrew,
0: you're correct. Yes. Term number two, fartlek. This is Swedish for speed play, a form of interval training for runners.
1: I think that that's real. Okay.
0: Talia? How do you spell it? F-A-R-T-L-E-K. Fartlek. Not real. Andrew, you're correct again. Oh, no. (laughs) That is a real thing. That is Swedish for speed play, a form of interval training for runners. Number three, Ionian lift. It's an exercise where a punching bag is lifted by wrapping your arms around it, like a hug.
2: Yeah, I'm going to say yes.
0: Andrew?
1: I think that this is fake. Andrew, you are correct. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> that one, Okay, very convincing fake,
0: though, Toby. Double reverse squat. A dynamic squat that involves rotating 180 degrees with each rep. Talia, real or false?
2: It seems like a real thing. I think it's real.
0: Okay. Andrew, real or false?
1: Because it seems so real, I'm saying yeah. false. Andrew, oh, correct.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> Skull crushers. A triceps exercise that brings the barbell close to the forehead. Real or false, Andrew?
1: I'm pretty sure that's real.
0: Okay. Talia, real or false? Yeah, real. That's correct. It's real. Okay. Your first point, you're on the board by copying Andrew. (laughs) The next one, Russian twist. An ab exercise involving weighted twisting crunches. Not real. Okay. Andrew?
1: I'm going to agree with Talia, not real.
0: Incorrect. That is a real exercise. What's the score? The score is. Thank you for checking in. It's five to one. Andrew, hot yam press, a leg exercise that trains each leg individually.
1: Uh, fake.
0: Talia. True. Of course, it's fake.
1: You think a hot yam
0: press? That <laughs> was, that one was so dumb that I, when I practiced this game with Louise, I couldn't get through it without that leg thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our last one. This is a term, a fitness term, gluteal amnesia, where your glutes are inactive for long periods of time i.e., sitting on an office chair, they can forget how to contract.
1: I mean, that's got to be real because you've got to have found that and been enamored with it, Toby.
2: No, not real. It's real. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> Andrew ran away with this one. Talia, I think it's, I feel like it's a bit rude to invite you on our podcast yeah. and have a host trounce you.
2: Truly un- inhospitable.
0: Sorry. I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for playing Mind Exercise. I think it was a great game.
1: It was. It It was a great game, Toby. Thank you. Well, all right. Another episode in the can. Uh, I've got listers (laughs) on my fingers. Another
2: episode in the can, Pejos. Pejos.
1: (laughs) Um, but before we go, we do need to choose our books for next week because we are continuing this format of having, uh, guests. We are bringing back another person who's appeared in the podcast before Camille Knox. Um, she'll be joining us Ooh. and she has pre-selected a book, um, which Toby, you will be reading along with her, yep. um, which is drum roll, please. Ba, ba, ba. The Immortalists by Chloe Benjamin.
0: So, uh, <laughs> Andrew, it's time then for me to do the choosing for you. This is very um, exciting. Yes, and the random number generator has generated number 85 on your list. That's The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead.
1: Oh, nice. This is a real okay. uh, back-to-back of of award-winning books. This this won the Pulitzer a couple years ago, right?
0: Yes, it did. I've read this book and I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm excited. So.
1: And Pedros, to be clear, you're always welcome to read the book along with us. And as long as you send your review before the weekend, before the episode is set to come out, we can incorporate them into our into our reviews.
0: And even you know what? If it's real good, send it to us afterwards. We'll mention it. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. We like getting it. We're always mail. looking
1: for content. <laughs> please, content. Please send us content. We love content here.
2: <laughs> Another content in the can, Pejos. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: All right. First of all, thank you very much, Talia, for being a guest this week. Thank you, Talia.
2: You're welcome.
0: Uh, I'd also like to take the chance. um, I did this last time she was on the pod, but I'd like to shout out the Hatchery Press. Such an incredible place. It's a a writing space here in Larchmont. It is fantastic. I love being a part of the community. Talia does such a great job with it. It's fantastic. If you are a writer or interested in writing at all, you should come check it out.
2: Yeah. I, I would love to meet you, Pejos. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. Mention, mention Pejos for a 20% monthly discount.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, so,
0: you know what? We'll say, go ahead, 50% monthly discount.
2: <laughs> Free for Pejos. <laughs> if that's something that... Uh, you would be interested in if you're stuck at home, if you want to get kind of out of the house and into community, um, shoot us an email at info at
1: Thanks for listening to The Two Read List. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can email the to read list podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Goodreads at goodreads.com slash the two read podcast. We're on Facebook and Instagram at the two read list podcast and on Twitter at to read list pod. Thank you, Toby and Talia for co-hosting the podcast with me this week to Toby for sound recording <laughs> to Miss Jillian Beth Turkey for composing our intro song and agreeing to marry me. See you wow. in two weeks. Happy reading books, books, books. books, books. books.